Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Bezel Banter, a podcast that covers different topics, including travel, various gear, and of course, our favorite one. Can you guess what it is? Mm, what is it? <laughs> well, you, you, you might not. I mean, it's, yeah, you might not. So I won't let it be uh, suspense any longer. Our favorite topic is watches. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I watches. Know, right? Mm. I mean, it was a little difficult to find, so it's yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, we're going to talk a lot about that today. And if you don't already know us, I'm Leslie. And I'm Ernesto. And today we're doing a Q&A. My favorite episodes are Q&As. These are it, awesome. It, it is, yes. It's... I, I cannot find, I, I cannot pick a favorite, so I won't pick a favorite, but it's it's something that I enjoy very much. I love the fact that we get such very thought-provoking questions from our listeners and our friends out there in the watch community, mm-hmm. and it just makes us think a little bit, so I love it, that. It does make us think a lot, actually, for me, because I know we have like a little bit of prep work um, beforehand, and uh, mm-hmm. and I have to have prep work, as otherwise it's it's not something that I can come up with, like you know, on, on the fly. So, well, the the round of questions that we received this time did not disappoint. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, every time we get questions, they're always thought provoking and and uh, challenging a little bit, but they're good. They're great questions. So, anyway, before we delve into these questions, Leslie, what are you wearing on your wrist today? So I am wearing my Corono Mori edition today. Yeah, what about what about you? I am wearing my Rolex Explorer 2. It's the reference 16570. I know you love it when I throw reference numbers, <laughs> so I do it just on purpose. That's awesome. Um and so I'm wearing that because I figured it's it's pretty appropriate to wear an Explorer when we're exploring these questions. Very, very nice. Very Thank nice. You. Thank you. So how have you been anyway? You've been traveling a little bit, right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's been it's been really nice. I've met a lot of people. I've seen even more watches. Uh nice. and oh my goodness, what I saw is uh, mind blowing. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been very, very good. It's really neat especially during these times to start seeing some of this pandemic. If, if we did this a year ago, we'd be like, wow, hardcore lockdown. But it's mm-hmm. nice to see some of these, I'm going to say bands for the lack of a better term, being lifted mm-hmm. and, you know, travel being a little bit more accessible to different places. So very cool. Yeah. 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 So uh, awesome few weeks lately. And honestly, the watch fam is it's unique. Oh, there's, it's very special. So yeah. Yeah. Hi everyone who's listening to us. Yeah. Very cool. Anyway. Um, I guess if you want to get started, Mm -hmm. ladies first. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So yes, let's start with uh, a question from at the Paula Newman. And his question is what's something watch related that you're afraid to admit? And he's like, I'll go first. I love the code 1159. Well, it's um, definitely, yeah, the 1159, it's very polarizing. Uh, You'll kind of either love it or hate it. And uh, a lot of people love to talk about it. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm personally, I've seen it in person and I... I don't know. He didn't really do anything to me. But hey, if you love it, good for you. Uh, that's why 
the world of watches is so amazing because there's something for everyone. So, and we can banter around, you know, around it. So, uh, so yeah. What about something that I'm afraid to admit? Well, there's a topic I know we talked with Ernesto that I'm not even going to mention here because I'm really way too afraid to admit it. So, oh, uh, there's definitely one. <laughs> now no, I'm I won't intrigued. Say. Okay, now I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> and um but I know I've been like I've been praising and I still do I've been praising big watches for as long as I remember actually and um I wouldn't wear anything that was like you know smaller than than maybe a 39 and little by little I've been going down in in size and I'm loving it so it's not that I'm so much afraid to admit it but it's just a change that I didn't expect at all. And um, now I'm like, yeah, even for, you know, for, for men, mm-hmm. I'm like, it's, it's okay if it goes a little smaller. Uh, you know, you can definitely rock that 36 millimeter, sure. And it's something that before I would, I would have been like, oh my gosh, no, please don't. <laughs> no You're smaller right. than 40. Um, but no, and I've seen an example in person that's made me also change my mind. So, um, so yeah, there you go. You know, that's interesting because um, I remember... Y- and I know you're still a huge fan of like the Panerais and the large dive watches oh, yes. and stuff still like you, that. Yes. But it's interesting to hear you kind of changing, evolving mm-hmm. a little bit, like as far as like size watches. Pretty mm-hmm. neat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's something that, you know, we've always talked about this. Who knows what we're going to like in a year or two years or, uh, and it's like a process. So it evolves. Our collection is evolving with us and, uh, gets more refined and uh, yeah that's 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 never boring that's awesome actually yeah it's cool mm-hmm. what about you um you know when i think about it the one thing that i'm somewhat hesitant to say cuz i'm probably <laughs> going to get a lot of comments for this but at one point i was strongly contemplating getting a smartwatch and i was like i'm <laughs> i was so anti smartwatch and i started like you know, reading about it. I'm an Apple guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking about like an Apple watch and I think I know me too well that mm-hmm. every time my wrist would vibrate because mm-hmm. I get a text or I get an email or something like that, yeah. I'm just going to keep so focused on my wrist than everything else around me. So I kind of made the decision not to get one just because that's, I think that's what a smartwatch would do for me. It would kind of distract me from what's there. Mm-hmm. And I would just be zoned in on like the hundred emails plus that I would mm-hmm. get like constantly. Oh yeah. 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 Well, you can always, uh, you know, switch and just like say that you don't want the alerts at some times, for example, you know, when you have meetings or things like that. I really like my Apple Watch. I really mm. do. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it, it's it's fun. It's quite useful, too. Uh, yeah. And it's it's not, oh, you get this or that. No, you can definitely get both. And, like, you know, you have, like, several watches. Well, I love to wear my Apple Watch when I go swimming. Or if I'm just going, you know, like, uh, doing some errands or something like that. And... It's it's really cool. Like you, um, and I love data, so uh, it it gets you know. Th- there's a lot of information that you can get you can get from it. So yeah, and it looks of course like the uh, Moser. <laughs> so, awesome. I like to pretend. Still rocking that quasi Moser. <laughs> I love it in the pool. <laughs> right, tearing it up. It's awesome. Yep. 
Fantastic. Well, uh, at the Paula Newman, thank you so much yes. for that question. Um, the next question comes from Trish at watch underscore girl underscore life. And um, we love you, by the way. We love your your like everything, your photos, your watches, your, you know, your vibe. You're amazing. I cannot say anything differently than that, but I'm telling you, her photos are like, sometimes like, how did you do that? So mesmerizing. She's an absolutely amazing photographer. So if you guys are following her, of course, we're going to link all of these uh, good people that have put their questions Mm -hmm. out. We're going to link them Mm -hmm. on this so that you can start, if you're not already following her at that. So, um, but she asked a question, which this is one of Leslie's favorite questions to ask. It's nice and limiting. I read it and I was like, damn it. It's nice and limiting with price points. So here's the question. <laughs> yeah. What what would be in your three by three watch collection? So first collection would be one to five thousand dollars. The second collection would be five to ten thousand dollars. And the uh, third collection would be ten to twenty thousand dollars. So before we get started with what we're gonna end up saying. Let me just first caveat this by this is all U.S. dollars. <laughs> and then secondly, um, these are all like list price. So this is like manufacturer's suggested that was, retail that price. That was my comment. Are those list price or can we negotiate? Can we get it pre-owned? <laughs> Leslie likes to negotiate and swing deals. And like we, we got to keep it like so everybody is on the same Fair playing enough. field. Fair all right. Enough. Leslie, you want to start 1,000 to 5,000? What are oh, your you let top me, three? Okay, you let me start to uh, first? Yeah, okay. of course. It's your favorite question. See, I, I, it is. It is. <laughs> pick one. Pick three. Uh, what's your favorite? Pick seven. <laughs> <laughs> so um, should I, I, I go with like the three all at once? So I do one and you do one? However you want to do it. I don't know. I mean, I guess I can do the three of them, right? Yeah, that's fine. That's cool. Is that, okay, cool. Um, so first one, I would, uh, I would pick, um, the Corono and, uh, I mean, of course I love my Mori and I'm waiting to get the new Salmon Dial at some point. Um, it says September, October, so I'll have to wait a little longer. Awesome. I know. Uh, so yes, definitely this because it's an independent brand. Price point is absolutely amazing. It looks great. It's versatile and it's just so beautiful. So it has to be part of the three in that price range. Uh, I think it's around 1800 plus, I mean, maybe taxes and some fees. So it's under $2,000. So, so we're good. Um, then Tudor, um, Black Bay most likely, but I don't know. They make they make a lot of cool ones. Um, probably Black Bay Fifty Eight. Now I would pick. Well, before I was like, well, I like the like, I like the forty one millimeter case, but uh, probably, yeah, probably the 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 Black Bay Fifty Eight. I don't know that the color blue, gray, or black. That I don't know. So I, I'll just wing it on the spot, like, and I'll see. Like, I'll come completely unprepared to to you know to the AD and I'll be like, okay, well, which one do you have? And they'll be like, exactly. none. Yeah. <laughs> be like, none? Who are you? <laughs> now you're on a wait list. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'll be happy with either, either color. Um, yes. And the last one, um, I feel like in that price range, it's, too, in that pr- yeah, it's too, it would be too bad not to pick another independent brand because they have so much to offer. And I will, pick an atelier when watch oh nice yes yeah. and honestly i'd be happy with any of them 
any of them. So, yes, anyone, any that's available, I'll say yes. And, and I know they've discontinued um, a lot of, uh, I mean, those were only, they were making only limited um, production mm -hmm. like models before and now they're coming up with a perception and we've seen a few renderings on their, um, on their website, on their blog and again, which color to choose, I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, any Atelier one, I think um, they're absolutely amazing, the people working there, the product that they're making, the love that they have for the industry and what they're doing and so, yeah. Yes, I mean, so that Atelier one is, is new to me like it's mm -hmm. just recently been introduced to me and we kind of talked a little bit about that yeah. perception my perception of that watch amazing <laughs> i'm definitely interested in in pulling one of those and i know, you know they already have a few orders right yeah yeah so hopefully you have a few order yeah hopefully we'll be able to uh, acquire one of those mm -hmm. but those yep, are th yep, yep. three three fantastic watches one thousand to five thousand Mine are pretty much ones that you can guess. Um, so for me, I went with a Seiko SPB 143, which is right around the $1,200 mark. To okay. me, that would be a great timepiece. It's got a 72-hour power reserve. It's got 200-meter water resistance. It's mm -hmm. about 40.5 millimeters um, as far as the case. That is just, I'm going to just say it, it's a robust watch. <laughs> I got to throw it out there. And it'd be the watch that I would end up, you know, doing whatever it kind of yeah. beat it up a little bit. I don't want to call it a beater watch, but that would be the watch I'd feel comfortable doing whatever in. Um, the other watch, very similar to you. I'm a huge Tudor fan as well. And by the way, Tudor is not uh, endorsing or uh, sponsoring no. this uh, episode, but I'm a no, huge No one Tudor is fan. actually. It's yeah. just out of pure love that we're talking we're about all this. We're sponsoring our own episode. <laughs> yes. But, um, but so the Tudor Black Bay 58, mm -hmm. one for me too. I, I, yeah. I have the one that I already like, so I mean, it would be the black with the the gilt dial. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. then um, the other one too is the Grand Seiko GMT, that SBGM <gasps> two twenty one. I love that watch. It's, it's a cool two, piece. Yeah. Oh yeah, the two twenty one. Yes, that's the yeah. one that you have. It's gorgeous. Yes. It's and it's just one of. And again, I'm a huge fan of dive watches. I'm a huge mm -hmm. fan of GMTs. At that price point, that GMT is is a great value for what oh, it is. Oh gosh, it is. Yeah. That's a great choice. That's yeah, a really, you. really, really great choice. All right. Next, five thousand to ten thousand dollar watches. Okay. So now it's becoming also super interesting. Yeah. Uh, so five to ten. And um that range is broad enough that you can have such a diversity in, in watches. And um I would pick and again, it's like in an ideal world. I mean, I know I already have it, but in an ideal world, everyone would be able to pick, you know, whichever one they wanted, but I'd pick the uh, Rolex Pepsi. So nice. I think if I had just one Rolex, um, oh, no, I can't say that. I can't say if I just have one Rolex because there's just other ones that I'd want. So um, That's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. <laughs> like that. The first one. Right. <laughs> right. I know because I really love their day-day. Like their yellow gold is absolutely amazing. So um, yes, but in that price range, I'd go with the Pepsi. In mm -hmm. that price range for any watches that they have, I'd go with the Pepsi. Uh, yeah. It's absolutely, I've been wearing mine a lot. It took me a while to start wearing it. But I've been wearing it a lot and as I was traveling. So it was fun to, you know, play with the GMT and just be like, you know, I'm in the air. Yes. The plane yeah. was, I don't know. It's uh, so, yes, that's that's going to be the Pepsi. 
then definitely a Grand Seiko. And I am so fortunate that I already have the one that the, the one that I want that's still available, which is the SBGA uh, 413, the spring edition. So it's like mm -hmm. a North America um, edition. And um, so like that's a light blush pink dial. The one that I really, really want is discontinued. And it's been like doubling, tripling in prices, in prices lately. So um, yeah, that's not happening. But um, out of all the available ones, this is the one that I would get. And... Um, and then I'd get a Reverso. Um, yeah, a Reverso. And uh, I think I already... I have the one that I wanted, um, which is the... It's like a manual wound, just hours and minutes, the Grande Ultra Thin. And um, I missed on the black dial 1931. And I know Adam from Wet Bar was wearing it um, like the other day and at, at that uh, Red Bar event. And oh my gosh, it's just perfect. So, I mean, it's going to be there soon. But yes, it's discontinued. And so, yeah. Did you ask to try it on? No, I didn't. Oh. I, yeah, I was a little, um, what is it? Star, star truck, struck? Starstruck? Yeah, yeah. Starstruck. Wow, that's a mouthful. And uh, yeah, so no, I didn't. And it was a really interesting story because we like to talk about, you know, our watches and who is going to inherit uh, who's going to inherit them uh, eventually. And this is his daughter's watch. Oh, nice. So one day it's going to be his daughter's uh, watch. And uh, I mean, what a choice. That's that's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, very cool. Um, those are three great choices, by the way. Fantastic. And so you and I kind of match too, because one of my choices was also a JLC Reverso. Um, really and it's yeah. funny because we we worked on those choices like separately we d so yeah we didn't compare like notes yeah we did not compare notes at all but like <laughs> we 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 uh we uh matched up on the black bay 58 and mm -hmm. then we matched up basically on the reverso so for me it's going to be the jlc reverso um classic monoface and that one is the one with the small seconds and to me $6,500 manual wine. It takes a lot of boxes and yeah. it could be played off as a dress watch at this price point too. Yes. Um, and so that one, I'm a sucker for a Rolex sub. So I would, I would end up shooting for the Rolex Submariner date as well. And mm -hmm. yes, I chose the date one and to have a date because it just would be one of the everyday. If I only have three watches, mm -hmm. it kind of makes sense to have a date for me yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think that's at like around a little over $9,000. And then the other one for me would have been a Zenith, the Chronomaster Revival, the A386, mm -hmm. uh, which is the manufacturer edition. That's around $9,000. I missed the opportunity to get the uh, El Primeros back in the day with the three different colors. Yeah. They don't make them anymore. And I did too. Like I, I had the occasion to buy it at like a ridiculous price from an AD because they were all on sale. Yes, yes. And I didn't know what it was and I didn't jump on it. And yeah, it's terrible. And the prices have just shot up. It's crazy. I know you've been talking about this one for a while. I like this one. There, you know, it's, there are some other ones in there too that are the revival. They're smaller. They're 37 millimeters, but they have, they have longer lugs mm -hmm. and it's the, I think it's the original shape of what the El Primero was, but, um, 
There's some cool dial colors in there too. There's one that's like this brown. So it would be one of those iterations similar to you with the uh, Black Bay 58. I would have to go into the um, I would have to go into the authorized dealer and just kind of pick what they would have. But mm-hmm. the thing that I like about this revival, this A386, is the story behind it. Um, and that's it for my three. Nice. That those are great. Those are great um, choices. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Last but not least, ten thousand to twenty thousand. Oh my gosh. Yes. <clears throat> so. Um, and why does it stop at twenty? I don't know. I mean, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop there. Trish, uh, couldn't we get a bonus round or something like that? <laughs> twenty plus. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know it is Leslie. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm the worst. And I, and you know what? I'm actually, I'm not the only one being like this too. I just have yeah, issues with like yeah picking and rules, but we're the same. Like we, uh, when there's watches, we'll just all. Um, yeah, when it comes to watches, we just can't s- stop. There's always one more, one more. Oh, and what about this one? Any- anyway, so 10 to 20. Uh, same thing. It wasn't really easy to find, like to pick three. So um, I the first one, and in my collection, I need to have a pilot watch because I love the style. And if I were only to have one pilot, it would be the big pilot. So I know I said earlier, I'm getting into smaller and smaller watches. And the big pilot is like a 40, uh, 46. So, um, but I'd still, I'd still rock it. I mean, I love this watch so much. And I would get it with the black dial, steel and black dial. Because it's, I mean, they all are amazing. But this one, actually the Mojave uh, edition is also quite amazing. Mm. No, I, I, yeah, I, I'd go with the steel and, and black dial. Yeah. Cool. I'll, I'll stay with this one. <laughs> and then um, second one, I'll get a Cartier, Tank Louis Cartier, actually. And I'll get the manual wound. So now only they only make it in uh, rose gold. The yellow gold is a quartz. And uh, it's a little under ten, but the manual wound is twelve thousand nine hundred. Okay, it hurts a little bit, but um, it just looks so perfect. And so later on, I'd add a, a gold bracelet. The gold bracelet looks amazing too. So they, they make I'd gold start. bracelets for that. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah, nice. but that was above twenty thousand, so I had to pick the version that had the leather strap. Makes sense. But yes, you know, so I'll get the. Uh, I I love the tank like. Any iteration of it. The Tank Centre is gorgeous. The American version is too. The Tank Francais is beautiful with the little diamonds, like on the steel or gold. I mean, uh, but if I were to have one tank, I guess I'll, 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 I'll go with the, uh, the LC, the Louis Cartier one. LC is the OG? <laughs> yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and uh, for the third one... I'll go with another gold, uh, and on that one I'm cheating a little bit because it's light. It's still in the twenty thousand, twenty thousand seven hundred. So you know, see, I'm still, I'm still good. I'm, I'm pushing. I have to, right? Uh, and I would go with the Gégère Lecoutre Master Control Ultra Thin Moon Phase. Oh, nice. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I know I could pick the date or the uh, small seconds, and it'd be a little less. But I like that Moon Phase very much. So. Anyway, Leslie, great choices for those three. Um, for my three, I'm probably going to end up going a little bit different than um, 
what I would normally go, but it would mm-hmm. go, I would pick the Panerai, the submersible. It's the Marina Militare, um, the Carbotech. It's just Ooh. so cool looking in that like stealthy black with, and it's a 47 millimeter. And because it's carbon, it's light, right? So, I mean, it's not, it looks huge and looks like it would weigh a lot, but it's not. And it's black, so it still looks a little bit smaller than, yeah, than, yeah 47 would look. Yeah. And again, it would be a dive watch. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah, that's still part of me. Um, mm-hmm. I was able to keep it under 20000 because the list price on that's 19400 <laughs> So I am playing with Trisha's rules. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> my second choice would be an IWC, very similar. Um, but it would be the Portuguese or it would be the automatic 40. And I would do that in gold. Yes, um, yes, and yes. And to yes, me, yes, that would be yes. a cool dressy watch. Yes, yes. Um, and then last, for me... Again, I love GMT, so it would be the Rolex GMT Master II, but it would be a little bit of a twist because it would be the two-tone with the oyster steel and okay. the ever-rose gold okay. right around 14005 okay. nice, nice, So nice. I basically, when I made these choices, it was like there's a dress watch in each one, mm-hmm. there's a dive watch in each one, and like, you know, it's just kind of tooly. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, well thought of, and I, I think it's the same for me too now that I'm looking... It. It sounds yeah, it sounds like yeah, you did two with dress yeah. watches. Yeah, because it's and dive and those watches. would be just a nice three watch collection, I guess, for mm-hmm. any price point. At least for me, yeah. I mean, I'm lucky that I can have more than three, but um, yeah, right. I'm so proud of us. Yeah, look at you, <laughs> <laughs> Trish. Thank you so much for that thought-provoking yes, question. You. We appreciate that. It made us think a little bit about what we would do mm-hmm. if we had that type of budget. And what type of choices that we would pick for that budget. So thank you for that. Yeah, thank you so much. Cool. Okay, so now let's uh, go uh, to the third question by Skip at Watching SRQ. Do you think Rolex prices will continue to inflate or is there a bubble that will eventually pop? Hmm. That's the million dollar question. Yeah, right. Um, Well, I used to think that it was a bubble and that it would pop very soon. And that was a few years ago. So it looks like I was wrong. And uh, that's okay. I mean, I don't see the future. It's interesting because when you study economics, everything that Rolex does is like like a sort of anomaly. It shouldn't be working. Uh, They make over a million watches a year and the demand is so crazy. And and actually, I had a very interesting question with, uh, with a watch guy lately. And he was telling me, that he thought uh, the prices of Rolex steel watches was really too low. And I was like, really? But he made a very good point, because if you compare it to its competitors, yeah, it's much lower. And I know the history is a little bit different than the AP Royal Oak, right? But um, I kind of ended up having to agree with them. As much as I don't want it to increase in price... I think it, you know, it would make sense if it was more expensive. If, but anyway, um, that so Leslie, mm-hmm. I'm going to interject just a quick second. But that's yeah. interesting because he, the perception based off, and I, I'm guessing it's a he, but like yes. that person that you were talking to, their perception basically is that Rolex is similar to or can be compared to like a Audemars Piguet or like a Patek Philippe or something of the higher end. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. Like Vacheron yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, it has the quality. It has all the technology. And yes, we see it differently because we look from the bottom up when we you know when it comes to Rolex in a certain way mm-hmm. uh, we compare it to the old prices of your uh, when you could have one like you know you could have a sub for just a few hundred dollars and uh, but it was already an expensive watch back then and that's why Tudor was created uh, right to be the little brother of Rolex and with a much lower price point and um, so I mean at least that's how I was seeing you know bottom up okay so why does it keep increasing in price it's just it's just a steel watch with like a date or sometimes a no date like that doesn't make sense but the ap royal oak and steel much more mm-hmm. and um why why isn't the rolex one much more um so yeah i can see why it could be uh increased in price i mean i know a lot of people won't agree with that and it would make a lot of people so mad but after, uh, you know, putting everything in perspective, I would kind of tend to agree. And I'm a little surprised by that, but I thought it was a good point. So anyway, regarding the bubble, um, I think it'll correct itself at some point, but it's not going to be a bubble that's going to burst. So I don't think so anymore. I'm kind of tracking with you on that. I, I, I think that, um, so talking about economics, it's all supply and demand and, mm-hmm. you know, the demand is high, right? And mm-hmm. and they've done a great job marketing and they've done a great job developing this exclusivity thought process behind what they have. Mm-hmm. And so that's why the, va- the, not the value, but the price is up. Mm-hmm. Do I see it popping? I don't, I don't think it's going to pop. It might mm-hmm. even go up a little bit more. I mean, I've seen Daytona's recently, and just the regular ceramic Daytona in the gray market going for over $30,000, which yeah, I think is insane. It's insane. Oh and when you have, when you have dealers asking that much and maybe getting close to what they're asking for, they just mm-hmm. keep increasing the price. Yeah. They keep increasing that price and you know, people will pay. Yeah. And so do I think it's going to come down? possibly maybe or it might just pause and it might just hold on for a little bit the demand will come down a little bit and it'll just kind of Mm -hmm. right price itself um but i don't i don't see it popping yeah no me neither so for those that bought like a bunch of rolexes five years ago they're doing pretty good yeah i uh what worries me though a little bit is that most people buy it and then save it they put it in the safe and so i feel like there's a ton of like the ton of them that are just sitting either waiting for the price to increase over a few years so they can cash out or um because they were yeah they were bought it's the intention behind like they were bought because it's an investment and that's what worries me a little bit um because you never really know what's going to happen and uh but still, it's managed very well, I feel like. And mm-hmm. um, and people have so much trust in Rolex. Unless something happened from Rolex directly or there's a shift all of a sudden of perception from the brand and that trust is no longer there. But I don't think um, I don't I don't think it'll happen or. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting, too. When I think about Rolex, I see them as the Goldilocks of mm. the 
of the watch. Mm-hmm. I don't see them as being at the high level or I don't see them being at the bottom either. They're right at the middle, but it's what they're doing on their own. It's, it's kind of like, it's how they're playing the game, I guess. Yeah. And I, I, I will disagree a little bit. I think they can be at the bottom and at the very top, not in terms of like hierology, I mean, sure, they're Moonface and they're Sky Dweller, but it's nowhere near what some watch brand can do, like mm-hmm. or some are doing. Right. But you have entry, like you know, people who just started collecting that will buy their first Rolex, and they'll have one or two, and they'll be like, "Oh my gosh, I finally have my dream watch." And then you'll have people with a lot more means who already have all the complications. And all the other brands, and they'll have many Rolex watches because, hey, why not? Or, hey, because, you know, I'm into watches. I have to have them, and I can have them, and I can afford them. And so you'll have, like, the whole spectrum of collectors with Rolex. And th- and that's what I mean. Like, they're the Goldilocks. They're in the middle. And and so if you were to buy, um, if you were to buy Patek or mm-hmm. if you were to buy a Vacheron, oftentimes it's usually not your first watch when you're buying your Patek. It's oftentimes you've already had a couple of watches. and Or if it's your first watch, it's because you inherited it. Good point. Very but good point. yes, yeah. it's not the first one that you're going to buy most likely. Thank you, Skip. Yes, thank you. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, this next question is from Mike at 120 clicks. And he asks, when packing for a vacation, the hardest part is deciding which and how many watches to bring. So I'm curious, do you bring multiple watches or are you a one watch traveler? That's a great question. I'm actually getting ready to get on a trip in the next few weeks. (laughs) Um, And I'm kind of facing that decision right now. Um, Where are you going? I'm heading at the end of July. um, Mrs. Ernesto Guapo and I are heading to Maui. Oh, no. Nice. Yeah, it's kind of work related. It was a president's oh, club trip. Oh, is that, that, that I went. one trip? Yeah, yeah. So oh, nice. Even we're going, better. Yeah, yeah, because it's free. Congratulations. <laughs> no, because, I mean, it's very meaningful, too. I oh, mean, true, it's all paid, of yeah, course. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, hey, I'm just a guest and I'm invited, but also like the meaning behind it. Is, yeah, is, no, it's yeah. cool. So, yeah, I'm faced right now, like, trying to think about the activities that we're doing. And I'm trying to figure out, like, what watches do I really need to bring? The Doxa first, because those pictures are going to be amazing with, the, like, the blue waters and everything. Maybe. Maybe. That's yes. not even, that wasn't even something that I was no. thinking about. <laughs> you have to think of the pictures, too, not that, just the activities. That's true. That's true. But I was thinking, I was thinking really just bringing, like, two or three watches. Mm-hmm. Just nothing, nothing crazy though. Just because I know the activities are like, I'm going to be in the water a lot. Um, we're going to be doing a couple of hikes and then just chilling mm-hmm. by the beach yeah. and, and by the pool and stuff. So for me, I, I was thinking about it and I was like, for when we go out in the evenings, I'm probably going to end up bringing my Black Bay 58 mm-hmm. just yeah. to kind of have yeah. a nicer watch. Mm-hmm. But I don't see me I, like I'm thinking about that turtle, the SPR 777, and that'll be my the watch that I'll you know, beat around the water. And then, um, you know, probably some kind of a G-Shock, maybe a Casio or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. But I wasn't really, I was trying to go minimalist on this trip. It, You know, it's funny because it just depends upon the trip. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I bring more watches. I rarely ever take a trip with just one watch. I do travel with watches. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so, but for this particular trip, I think about the activity. I mm-hmm. think about what I'm, what I'm probably going to be wearing mm-hmm. and then who am I going to be around? I mean, like mm-hmm. that's kind of the other thing. And I guess where you're going to go, like if you're going yes. to like, uh, you know, a shady area, I probably wouldn't be bringing anything <laughs> but G-Shocks. <laughs> so yeah. what about you? Yeah. Um, I, I pack my watches like I pack, pack my suitcase. So I bring way too many. <laughs> and in the end, I just end up wearing one. <laughs> right. That's pretty much it. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you have all this... I don't know, scenarios in your head, like, yeah, but what if I go there? What if I do this? What if I dress like this? And then, yeah. oh, I need I need those shoes too because I need this with these outfits. And so you have like way too much stuff. And then in the end, um, you just end up wearing only one. But at least you have the options. That's right. right. That's right. Exactly. So that's, that's how I pack. <laughs> it, that's funny too, because I know when I come back from a trip, I usually have clothes that I haven't worn. Yes. <laughs> so it's the same thing. <laughs> Oh man! And so it's like, why did I bring all this? I know, right? And but on the moment when you're packing, you're like, well, you never know, right? I mean, yeah, uh, exactly. Like, but anyway, so um, yeah. So hopefully, we answered that question well yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The next one is by Sam at Sam underscore in underscore ATX. And he's saying, I'm thinking about buying a 36 millimeter Rolex day date president in yellow gold. Yes. It would be more of a vintage watch, but I'm not a formal person. I'm a t-shirt and jeans guy. Can I pull it off? Hell yes. Or is it too much? Nope. Um, Can you take a more formal watch and make it casual? Yes. Especially that one. Especially that one. Because I've seen... I've seen this one quite a few times um, in my previous job, and um, it's the watch that I think looks the best when you wear jeans and a white T-shirt. It is so um, fashionable in a way, and it can be dressed up too, but that 36 millimeter in yellow gold, oh, it just looks so good. And yes, you can totally pull it off with just jeans and a T-shirt. It, it just looks just perfect. Yeah, I, I agree with you, especially the 36, like on the 40s mm-hmm. where it gets a little bit larger and they kind of bling yeah. it out a little bit more. And I think that the casualness of that day date works really mm-hmm. well with that vintage vibe with that uh, 36 shorts, T-shirt, mm-hmm. just rock it out. And then like, you know, later that night when you have to go out to dinner or something like that, or you can still wear that watch. Yeah. yeah. Sports yeah. coat. You can do whatever you need to do. Yeah, that was a very straightforward answer. <laughs> very quick, very like yes, 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 yes. I'm please in. do. I'm in. Yes. No, yeah, same. So, same, what same. would be interesting, Sam, is if you end up getting that watch, please tag us and post the pictures so we can kind of see how you're rocking that day yes. date. Oh, and I want to know the dial color too, because I was very surprised. I saw, you know, I always love the uh, Roman. Uh, numbers with a white dial Mm -hmm. I think it looks amazing but I've seen it lately with like that gold champagne color dial yeah that's cool and I was like wow so if I were and I know we were talking about I know other Rolexes earlier in our choices and the yellow gold 36 millimeter Mm -hmm. presidential day date gold uh, champagne color dial yes that would be my my one too Um, and and in theory too like that watch could be like a if, 
you're a one watch person, like if you had a one watch collection, that would be the watch that you could do a lot of stuff with. As yeah. long as it was well serviced and you have your gaskets and yeah. everything yeah. set up yeah. pretty yeah. well. Yeah, but I totally agree. I totally agree. I actually think it looks better with jeans and t-shirt. Like, because it's, I don't know. So, no, it's cool. Um, yes, congratulations. Please let us know when you get it. And uh, we'll see this, like, you know, we'll have the surprise of finding out what dial color too. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Would love that. Thank you, Sam. So the next question comes to us from at cool dad, one, two, three. And his question is, is the traditional mechanical watch industry facing the new quartz crisis with Apple watches? If so, what actions do you think Nicholas Hayek would take if still alive and running the Swatch group to combat the coming Apple crisis? So I remember Nicholas Hayek, um, and remember of him, but I didn't really study him at the time. And I know that he was a very eclectic leader, uh, when it came to the Swatch group. I mean, I remember the iconic pictures of him with like watches all down his arm, both arms. And all I could think of with this question is one arm would be filled with mechanical watches (laughs) and one arm would be filled with smart watches because I feel that he, you know, I don't even know if we're really facing a quartz crisis. I think that the watch industry is probably just evolving and we're actually getting more watch wears because of these Apple watches and these smart watches. I think there are some people that wouldn't care less about watches, but are wearing watches now because, hey, they find functionality in that smart watch. So they see it as a, hey, I'm going to wear that smart watch. And at least they're wearing a watch. So, um, yeah, for me, I, I think that, I think that you would almost embrace it. There's so many brands actually right now that are embracing that. I mean, there are brands like, um, well, for example, like the Mont Blanc, there's the summit too. And I think of like the Breitling, the exospace, like the B 55, I think tag also makes a smartwatch. And I think there are a lot of brands out there that are doing smartwatches. I would mm-hmm. think that with the Swatch Group, maybe you take somebody like a Long Jean, or maybe you take like even the Omega because they are the Olympic, right? They're the mm-hmm. yeah, they're the official sponsor, official of the sponsor Olympic for the Olympics, Games, yeah. right? And that could be a you know that could be a smart mm-hmm. digital something. Yeah, they could make addition like every four years you have a particular one and for just the Olympics and you know like they do with their Speedmaster. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Breguet would ever come up with a smartwatch, but <laughs> what are your thoughts behind that? I actually would not create a new smartwatch. Okay. I um, I love them, but they are obsolete so soon, and it's in very stark contradiction with the world of horology because we're, they're always building on their past. The history is, you know, so important to them, and uh, they want to build something that's robust uh, and, nice. and that will last, and, and uh, yeah, last over, over time, right? It's something that will become a vintage at some point, which is something absolutely impossible for a smartwatch. Even if you just change the software or change, like, I know... That's what uh, Frédéric Constant is doing. So you can change, uh, you know, the inside of the watch and you can change the software over the you know, few years so that we always kind of like the same watch. So they kind of blend. I mean, I think that's a very nice concept, but 
I, I personally, if I were running any watch uh, conglomerates or, you know, any watch company, I would not uh, create a new smartwatch. But I would have a lot of collaborations, a little bit like Hermes does with Apple. So mm. there is a special Apple watch with like an Hermes uh, leather strap and a special uh, dial. I think this is something that I would do. I would have, uh, you know, Apple or even, I mean... I have a preference for Apple smartwatches, but any smartwatch that you like or that's, you know, um, well-recognized and um, I would have, you know, some dials created, some straps, some something that would make it very special and unique and that you can change quickly every year, every two years, every three years, and that would not damage the uh, the image of the brand and, it, you know, the continuity it has. Yes, the other thing that I might also uh, be doing is creating, like, little apps mm-hmm. that are just compatible or that would just work with the watch uh, that the brand is selling. Nice. So you can have like a special, let's say, uh, so for example, with Omega and the Speedmaster, I would partner with Apple and and of course it's easy to say, oh, I'll partner, but it involves a lot more, right? Sure. But I would partner with with Apple and have like a special edition watch. And so you basically buy your Speedmaster and then you have the Apple watch with a specific app on it and that would just I don't know um, check the, the the timing of your watch or something like that right so that right. would make it like um, I mean it's it's you know sort of it's a partnership right so they would work together but if you just buy the Apple watch separately or if you don't buy the special edition Apple slash um, SWAT um, yes yeah, watch or Omega you can't have this functionality so um, I don't sense. know I'd do something cool. like that yeah. Nice. So I guess in essence, I mean, I don't know if if we're going through a quartz crisis again. Oh, yeah. I, I, don't I don't think know if we, we do. Are. Um, I don't think we do. I think it's just, Everyone was afraid of it. I think so. Yeah. But I think it's just the, you know, I think it's just the watch industry evolving. It's because back then it yeah. was all just mechanical watches. And now there's so many various iterations of what a watch is. And so I think it's just. I think it's just accepted at this point. Yeah, yeah. And and everyone was also a little fr- afraid of all these watch brands and all these options and watches and you only need one or two. And But we just keep adding to the collection so it doesn't really matter. And if you have traditional mechanical watches, you also most most likely have also a smart watch. Right. And some people will wear one on each wrist. Some people will switch. Some, I mean, whatever works for you, but yeah, it's not exclusive. Like, um, yeah, exclusive or yeah. Uh, hold on, what what's the word? Um, it's not mutually exclusive. No, that's cool. Um, at Cool Dad One Two Three, thank you for that question. Thank you so much. Yeah. So next question, it's from Andre at Watch Underscore Roll. He's saying, I've always been curious coming from another enthusiast point of view, if you were to trim down your collection to the smallest possible minimum number, how many watches would that be? What would those pieces be? Of course, that question... I think Leslie just hung up. (laughs) It's too much pressure. Gosh, my brain overloaded all of a sudden, like... That's a hard question. It's such a hard question. You, You first. (laughs) <laughs> I know. 
the smallest of um um I don't I don't know maybe three would be the smallest oh, and again and again it would have to change often it's not like a three well, I, I and I can't even like I. <laughs> I can't even sell my watches. I give them names, so. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, maybe like in 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 another world, yes, three watches, and uh, you have like a more entry level, independent, uh, you know, one that's very interesting to talk about and different that no one knows about, and uh, so I'd have like one like this, one dressy, formal, gold, and one a little everyday does everything. Mm-hmm. I think that would be reasonable. Um, I I know I I could not I could not do it. Uh, I mean, granted, I don't have the financial like um, I, I don't financially need to part from my watch. If if I were to, then that would be a completely different story. I mean, I'm super spoiled. This is like, you know, like first world problem. Uh, I hate to to say, but um, so I'm super spoiled and super grateful to be in that position where I can have such amazing watches but uh yes i mean to answer the question i would say three and which one exactly i i don't i don't i don't that's hard it's so hard it's so hard like yeah diver for sure on entry level one and one was like i i feel like the gold one would have like an interesting shape so either Mm -hmm. a rectangle like a tank i would go most likely for a malt from Vacheron Constantin, it's one of my very favorite watch, and it's so underrated. Yeah, uh, I've had it on, and I don't know, I love it. I think it's perfect. So, I mean, it would be between a Reverso, a Tonk, and a Malt, and I think out of the three, it's a no-brainer. It'll be a Vacheron, um, and then yeah, probably a Corono for the Independent, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe a a, a Rolex sub. Uh, so with only three, does that mean you have to get rid of your IWC Portuguese? <laughs> I'm raising my hand for that, just in case. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> this one is like you know, it's like my secret weapon, like the one that's like you don't see coming. Like, well, you only said three. Yeah, but see, <laughs> I mean, this one doesn't really count because I didn't mention it. It's in the. <laughs> I, I think it's tough. I think it's tough to break it down. I, and I think that I look at it from this perspective. It depends upon how many you have right now. It's relative, right? So how much mm-hmm, you break yeah. it down. Like three is such a hard number yeah. to go from. I I probably have a, a, a little over a couple dozen watches. For me to drop down to three would be like, I, I don't even want to be in the watch game anymore. Yes. <laughs> it's too much pressure. Yes. Exactly. And so for me, yeah. it would probably be like, okay, let's start with dividing it by two and having it and seeing what I can do with 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably a good number. It would be like asking Jeff Stein to shave down all of your watch collection. He's got like hundreds of watches. Like now how many can you take? It's just, it's a lot. But I wouldn't even know where to go with it. I, I think that right. with watches, for me, they're such tool objects that they I wear a watch because it gives me a particular vibe. Yeah. And every watch has a different vibe. And mm-hmm. so for me, it's like. It's the same. It's the same as. <clears throat> I'm sorry. It's yeah. the same as, um, you know, when someone asks you, 
what are the three food that, uh, you know, the three types of food you'll, you can eat for the rest of your life if you have to choose? I don't know. That's why they're food, because you can, you can pick so many different cuisine. And I mean, it's, yeah, it's like three recipes or three kinds of, and I, yeah. I, I just don't know. I mean, yes, if you force me to choose, sure, I'll, I'll have an answer, but that's not why it's fun. I think for me, limiting it to 12, I don't know what 12 it would be. I think 12 would still be, would allow me to still enjoy mm-hmm. the watch game. Yeah. Um, anything less, I think, for me, would be hard. Yeah. So, yeah. but um, thought-provoking question, Andre. A very a thought-provoking, hard, yes. It's a yes. tough question. Yes, I hope we answer it. Uh, we answered it. Um, and, I, and I know that we have friends in the watch community that have one watch or two watches and that they do you i do I oh do, okay actually i i don't think i do do i um i'm gonna throw one out i'm gonna throw one out I, there's um at johanna smiles 2020 yes she's Ooh, got I that love her page cool and i love her too yeah. yeah she's got that cool rolex um what is that the oyster perpetual the 39 millimeter in the white Oh, it's the Oyster Perpetual. That's right. I'm so sorry. Yeah. It's, it has no date. It's white doll and Oyster bracelet. Um, yeah, and she. Bezel, I think she. Yes. I think she also rocks a Garmin. Uh, she's an avid runner as well, too. But yes. like, I know that with that watch. I mean, she has that one watch, and she just tears it up, rocks it out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Good one, Andre. Thank you for the question. We appreciate it. I got mm-hmm. a question here from Jenny at Jennifer La. 24. And uh, it's an interesting question. So she shares with us that she currently has two stainless steel Rolex watches, one in 26 millimeter with a salmon dial. It's a fluted bezel with a Jubilee bracelet and a 34 millimeter date with a silver dial fluted bezel with an oyster bracelet. Um, She has a six inch wrist and she's trying to figure out which model makes most sense. Um, She should add, uh, she's adding to that she is looking at watches on straps since the watches she currently has are all on bracelets. Um, she likes the fact she likes like the the blue dial with like brown straps, like that kind of combination. And she says possible options include JLC Reverso, Speedmaster, IWC La Petite Prance, um, the Chronograph version, IWC Portuguese Automatic Forty in the blue dial, and uh, El Primero Chronomaster. She said, what are our thoughts? So for me, any one of those watches that you mentioned, you're doing great. I mean, like if you're yeah. able to put one of those watches in your collection, mm-hmm. I think they would complement the two Rolexes that you have today. Um, mm-hmm. They're all a little bit larger than what your Rolexes are today. So I think that, you know, that gives you a different sense of, or I use the word vibe earlier. It gives you a different vibe uh, off of those yeah. watches. Um I think if it was me, like if I was to pick, I really am a huge fan of the Reverso. You've got yeah. a couple, of, you got a couple of circular watches right now. Like mm-hmm. you have round shaped cases. I think the Reverso would be a nice change. Um, and on a strap, man, it's a if it if you get the white dial. Have you, yes. Have would, you seen the new straps they came out with? Ooh. I have not. Okay, it's like um, uh, well, we can talk about it later. Sorry. No, you got to talk about it now. I mean, like you brought it up. 
right i know i got so excited when you said reverso because i would have picked exactly the same like it would have been my choice too oh really they have okay yes yes they have those new straps that are um so closer to the lugs it's in leather and then it's in a um uh, quick release yeah i think so um but the rest of the strap is also like a, like a fabric made out of fabric oh okay uh and it's oh it looks so sophisticated that. but perfect for every day i mean yes it it i want one of each they have like a sort of green khaki a blue and then a um more like an off-white beige color if i remember correctly and um they look amazing. And on that reverso, yes, any reverso, honestly. Um, but I would put a, a yeah, I would uh, I would pick the reverso too. You And so for me, the reverso, like if you get the manual wine, it's different than what mm. you have today. Yeah. And, you know, with the case the way it is, you can flip it over and it's just it's just different. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just different than what you currently have. And I think that when you look at you have two Rolexes, that's that's awesome. Like not everybody mm-hmm, yeah. has that. So, I mean, like if you have that and then you add a Jeje Cool, you kept the caliber of quality up in my opinion. But mm-hmm. again, all these choices that you have, IWC, Zenith, they're, I mean, they're all quality choices. Yeah. yeah. But for me, I think it would be the reverso. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so um, you and I have a similar wrist size. Mine is closer to six as well. And, uh, I've, uh, I've pretty much put them, like I've had them all on my wrist, except the, uh, new Portuguese automatic 40 millimeter. The one that I, I, I've had the 40, uh, I've had the previous version and I, I don't want to say the, the size cause I'm not a hundred percent sure anymore. Um, but it's a little bit bigger. It was also a little bit thicker and, um, out of all of them, I really love the reverso on my wrist, especially like. Um, they have like the case lug, like the, the, at the lugs, it's slightly, um, rounded. So it really hugs your wrist so well. The Speedmaster, I have one, looks great. It's a little bit bigger. Out of all the IWC pilots, the, um, chronograph is probably going to be my least favorite. I don't, the size is okay, but it's, doesn't fit as well as the regular, you know, the 40 millimeter on the mark. Mm-hmm. Or surprisingly, it doesn't fit as well as the big pilot for me. It's like that weird size that's big, but it's a little too big. And it's just, I don't know. On, on me, I didn't, I liked it, but it's going to be my least favorite. Is it because it sits a little taller on the wrist? It does sit a little taller. I mean, the big pilot too, but yeah, mm-hmm. it does sit a little taller and it's very flat. And I don't, I don't know. It just didn't. Well, the big pilot is, sits taller too, but it's also a larger case. Yes. Yeah. When you look at the chrono, it's like 42, I think, right? Mm. Or 43, 42, 43, but yeah, like it's still and, like and over it's, 15 millimeters thick. It is. And I just don't know. I mean, I'm not, I mean, chronograph is not my favorite complications. Uh, sure. I love my Speedmaster. I would love to have a Daytona, but I don't, I don't know for this one. I love it, but it would be at the bottom of the list. Mm-hmm. Portuguese automatic 40 millimeter blue dial. Yes. I mean, it's gorgeous. I've seen it in person. I haven't had it on the rest yet, but gorgeous. El Primero, gorgeous as well. Uh, same thing. It'd be the number one reverso. Number two would be the Portuguese three Speedmaster. Then I would go with El Primero. And then I would go with the um, IWC chronograph, uh, Le Petit Prince. 
That would be my um now you're forcing and, me now you're forcing me to rank it. <laughs> oh my gosh. You can you don't have to. <laughs> no, I'll do it too. So, <laughs> so <laughs> begrudgingly. Fine. I say I say fine. fine. I'll do it too. Uh no, I'm just kidding. Um so I, I, I'm with you. The reverso would be number one mm-hmm. for me. Um number two would probably end up being the Portuguese or automatic mm-hmm. uh, forty. Um and then for me, actually the El Primero would probably be next. Yeah. And, you know, with a six inch wrist, you can rock a 36, I'm sorry, you can rock a 38 or the 37s, mm-hmm. the one that's a little bit more squared off. Mm-hmm. Those would be great. Um, and then, you know, I would probably put the chronograph, the IWC chronograph at the very end and the Speedmaster would be mm-hmm. four as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and the reverso, like you said, it's a different case shape. So it's different than what what she has. What yeah, already, it's so versatile, and um, you can play with the straps so much for this watch. Yeah, so totally. so so much. And Jenny, the other thing too is, you know, I I think like you have a couple of automatic watches today. Fortunate enough to have numerous manual wine watches. If you bring a manual wine into your collection, it's polarizing. You're either gonna say wow, this is so cool. I get to wind this every time, you know, I put this on or every day, like I wake up and wind it or you're going to be like, oh, I hate this. So you'll end up discovering a little bit about yourself, whether you like that, you know, um, type of movement. Mm -hmm. I personally love manual wound. Me too. I really, really do. So um, if I were to choose between an automatic and a manual, I'd go with manual. Me too. I mean, it, Me too. It, it helps that I, my watches are never set. Mm-hmm. They're never on time or not never, rarely on time. It's rarely the right date. And I don't mind so much. Um, so it's not like, oh, well, you know, I'll have to have it on time. And it's, but when I actually sit and um, wind that watch and um, I don't know, there's just something. Yeah. There, there's, um, yeah. You develop something. But the date is correct on your Mori right now, right? Your Corona? I'm sorry, but the date is correct on your in your Corona right now, right? <laughs> yes, it is correct. I'm looking at it. It is correct. <laughs> There's no date. On There's it. no date. <laughs> There's no okay, date that was like a watch nerd statement. Sorry. Uh, so, Jenny, yeah. thank you. It's for not that the right question. time either. Sorry. Okay. All right, mine is. <laughs> I know Just it saying. is. <laughs> watch nerds. <laughs> Jenny, thank you for that question. That was that was a great question. And please, when you get that watch, tag us. Please let us know. We want to see pictures. And yeah, and we want to celebrate with you. I yep. mean, we're so excited when anyone gets a new watch or even is looking at your new watch. I don't I don't know. This is just this is pure happiness. So um hashtag enablers. Sure. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> oh man. Leslie, we are um I think we're approaching the hour mark right now so i just wanted to see if do we have any other questions yes we have one more oh okay cool yes and and that's a very i mean they're all great um and that's also another great question so um it's uh, from gabriel at g-a-h-i-n-d-i-n and he's actually planning oh that's awesome. He's planning to get two new acquisitions, and um, so he's saving for them, and, and he has a plan, which is, it's, it's awesome. You know, we'll have our watch fund and, and our little list. So it's, be, I mean, it's going to be a Speedmaster Moonwatch Professional and a Doxa Sub 300, 
and he's asking us from our individual personal perspective, our importance is consideration of heritage and authenticity uh, to us when we're building a, our watch collection. And um, he's like, you know, to put it another way, when purchasing a watch that has a longer history, do you place more value on purchasing modern iterations that closely connect with the material, color, and even brand ownership associated with the original watch? Or do you appreciate new configurations, material, limited editions, and not worry about things like whether the brand has gone dormant and was revived or otherwise changed ownership hands? That's a really good question. And I'm sure you can ask that question to everyone and everyone will have a different answer to it. Um, I had to think a little bit about it too. And I am in a similar situation And um, that's why I've had to ask myself that question too recently. So it's from the same brand. So I'm hesitating between two watch. One extremely, uh, that is so close to the brand's origin and uh, to the idea we have of this brand. It is manual wound, has, I mean, it's in terms of heritage, it would kind of embody the brand in, in some ways. And then I'm hesitating hesitating with um, a different one that is much more recent in terms of design and in terms of history within the brand. Like, we're talking much more recent. And um, it doesn't have the same certifications, which is something big for the brand. And uh, so I've had to ask myself the same question, is, like, what what am I going to end up choosing Um And they're both great choices, so I can't go wrong. And I think for me, it would be authenticity. If I were to have to choose between two, because I'm leaning more towards the new, their new collection uh, for for the for my next watch. And authenticity doesn't have anything to do with how long the watch has been made or what's its history. It's just faithful to the idea that, you know, faithful to the brand and its values and its um, and what it wanted to accomplish. Even if it's, you know, something new with new codes, new, um, like a new way of seeing things. Um, and another example would be with Corono as well. So I have a Corono and that's a relatively brand new brand. Uh, it's two years old about, but the watchmaker, um, Hajime Hasaoka, has been making watches for decades and he has another brand under his name but it doesn't uh, take anything away from Corono because it's very faithful to the designer the watchmaker i mean uh, you know to to the the the, the genius of mm-hmm. of that person like it even if it's you know a new brand you still feel it it feels authentic and it feels real it's not something that's like an afterthought so that would be for me the most important, uh, that w- that's what I would um, look for and I would value uh, in building my collection, not so much in time and in years, but in like um, the thought process and what they wanted to do and how did they do it. So for you, um, I mean, I know we're talking about the Speedmaster, right? I have a Speedmaster. It's a Moon to Mars, so people used to love to hate it before um, because I never went to, you know, the moon. It's, you know, never, no one ever went to Mars, blah, blah, blah. And it has the sapphire crystal. So, uh, I'm sorry, it has the, um, it doesn't have the sapphire crystal. It has uh, the, 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 
the plexiglass. And uh, I like that very much. Very, very much. Of course, it's all scratched, but it's not something that bothers me. It has a close case, case back, which is fine. Um, I would pick, if you don't mind the scratches, I would pick the acrylic crystal uh, or, or instead of the sapphire open case back. Mm -hmm. um, but that's just me, and that's what speaks to me. Um, that that's it um, and I don't mind limited editions again it has to make sense it's not just something oh well you know we didn't know what to do so we're just going to do this and it's going to be fine for this year but everything speaks differently to, to people too so um. yeah I agree I agree <laughs> a, a lot of the things that I think about too first of all those are two great watch choices I mean yes. when you're looking at the Moonwatch Professional the Speedmaster Moonwatch Professional you're looking at a Doxa Sub 300 um you know, both of them have a lot of heritage in itself. And I would, I would probably, I tend to choose watches more because of the heritage and the history behind them. Mm -hmm. And so for me, similarly to you, Leslie, I would go with like the, the Hestalite crystal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hesalite crystal. I'm yeah. so sorry I didn't use the right, right. terminology. No, no, no. no. Thank uh, God you're here. <laughs> no, I mean, it's too, actually. I like to be specific so no that's cool and, um so i i do like that and you know the non exhibition case back i mean the, where they have the letters the the writing in there says mm -hmm. yeah. uh, first what is it first watch to the moon or however I'm not, i don't have mine in front of me but and then the other thing too with the doxa the doxa um the sub 300 great watch i mean like there's a lot of history behind that too and so i think that i tend to end up and, and I think it's all watch dependent. So it depends upon the watch, whether you go with something that's more, hey, this is the new thing versus what it was before. When I had to pick, I just think about like when I had to pick my Black Bay, um, I remember when I had the option to go with either an ETA movement or an in-house movement for my Black Bay 41 that read, I ended up picking ETA because I thought that, you know, that's what Tudor was known for. Tudor was mm -hmm. known for not their mechanical, um, th not the mechanism of the movement. They were more known for, you know, having an ETA. Similarly to like the Panerai's that I own, when I have those, those are all ETA Unitas movements because Panerai wasn't necessarily known for having an in-house movement back in the day. They would use other movements. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I, I put a lot of emphasis on the history of the watch. Mm -hmm. um, and that being said, you know, various watches are doing a great job kind of putting a twist on their history, right? So, I mean, like history mm -hmm. is constantly evolving. So, you know, they might come up with something new that's yeah. different than what their heritage was. And, you know, it's okay. I guess time will tell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And as long as it speaks to you for whatever reason, mm -hmm. you don't have to follow anyone else's reason i mean you can learn from you know their knowledge or their perspective and it can change your perspective and your choice in the end i know when we choose a watch oh uh, it's it's like when i choose a watch personally i'm just going to talk about myself um i i kind of like have to apologize to all my watch friends because i'm going to be just bugging the hell out of them but what do you think and i just recently asked ernesto the same thing i'm like Ernesto, it's a question of like, it's a matter of uh, life or death. 
uh, help me. What do you think? Which one should I get? And you go through all these details. Yeah, but there's this one. You go with the pros and the cons. And mm-hmm. ultimately, it might, we, we, you know, uh, it will have his opinion and I might end up having the same one. But not necessarily, but it's like the whole process of sharing the excitement, uh, the knowledge, and, um, you know, going through that journey with friends who understand, um, because a lot of people don't understand watch collecting, and it's fine. But if you have, like, good friends who do, like, oh, my God, reach out to them. I know I reached out to um, also... uh, yeah, a great, great guy, and I don't, I don't know if I should mention his his name or not. He's in the industry as well, and uh, he's he's so knowledgeable, and he has such a love of watches that is uh, that is amazing. Well, it, his name is Stephen. So, Stephen, if you're listening, I don't know if, if you do, but um, yes, and he loves bourbon and cigars, so we're even more best friends now. Nice. <laughs> Yes, so I've wrong. asked him too, and I'm like, hey, help me. I've asked Jeremy, obviously. Uh, and um, and it's it's just so awesome. Yeah. And that's Jeremy at Timepiece Love. Yes, I know. It's I, I feel like everyone knows him, so I forget to... <laughs> right, there's only one Instagram, Jeremy in the watch industry. Right? I am so <laughs> grateful to you, Ernesto, for introducing him to, like, to me and into the podcast. He's just so wonderful. Oh, you're welcome. But yeah, he's very cool. Very cool. So thank you. And thank you, Jeremy, for being amazing. It was a pleasure uh, meeting you in person um, this this week, actually, and um, meeting meeting all the other guys, you know, at Waitlisted, wait uh, a longer journey, and uh, Spanish Rob, too. So, nice. um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, bug, bug all of us if you have any questions. Don't hesitate. Just send us an Instagram, you know, message saying, hey, well, this is this and that. And, we might not, you might not agree with what we would pick or even with, you know, with what we're saying, but it's not personal and it's just really subjective. So, um, yeah. Know. And it's just somebody's perspective, right? I mean, like, it, and the more you understand somebody's perspective, not only do you understand yourself, whether you will mm-hmm. like it or not, but you get to know that person as well too, what they, yeah. what they end up liking or not liking. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And your collection will be unique to you as it should. Exactly. It should not look like anyone else's, like your personality, like your taste. It's very unique. So you can make a better informed decision by asking around. And I highly encourage that. But uh, ultimately, it's, you know, that's what you love and that's what matters. And I think the other thing, too, is that is the watch that you like at that time. So, you know, it's okay to purchase a watch, wear it, realize Mm -hmm. you don't like it and, you know, get rid of it to change it to a different iteration That's of that totally watch. totally okay too. You're right. Yeah. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. And I know I'm saying this, but I, I put a lot of pressure on myself. I don't know if you do. Do you? All the put time. Pres- <laughs> <laughs> All the time. Silly question. <laughs> I just don't want to speak on your behalf. So <laughs> type uh, A. <laughs> Sadly. Yes. So anyway, Gabriel, good luck on that decision. Yes. Um, we definitely want to see what you end up picking. Please, um, I'm kind of curious which one you're leaning towards too. You mentioned that you have two options, but I'm kind of wondering which one you're kind of. I think it's getting both, both the Doxa and the Speedmaster. Yeah, but which one first? Oh, oh yes, yes. Which one? And yes. then, and then the other thing too is like Doxa comes in so many different colors. Which one are you planning on? I mean, would you end up going with the professional 
on the mm. dachshund because that's orange and that's the heritage. That's what they're known for. I like that orange. Kind of a kind of a you know interesting to think about. Yes. So, anyway, yeah, Leslie. Again, my favorite type of episode, the question and answer. I know, yeah. I know. It's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, if you have any other questions, please send them our way. We uh, can always do, like, uh, a Q&A more often or, you know, we'll just um, add them to our list for the next one. So, oh, yeah, don't hesitate to send us questions. And even if, even if they, you know, pick three or what's your favorite or it's fine, it's actually a lot of fun, too, having to... Um, go through the, the process of choosing. Absolutely. And and for our listeners out there, feel free to DM me. I'm sure you can DM Leslie too, but like I know yes, that yes. Uh, I know I have quite a few people that DM me already and I'm very appreciative of of those that DM me and I try my best to go ahead and give insight to um, some of the watch related questions that you guys have. So absolutely. Yes. And and if I'm not answering in a, in a timely fashion, please don't hesitate to resend the message. I'm um yeah. That's cool. Yes. I, I'll stop there. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not personal. It's just, it's just, yes. Yeah. So don't hesitate. Well, and you know, it's, it's interesting too, because I, I want to just say like with Instagram, sometimes I, I definitely do my best to respond back to everybody, but like similarly to why I don't wear a smartwatch on my wrist is because I try to kind of step away from Instagram a little bit too, just because I don't want to miss out on the world around me. I think mm-hmm. sometimes I can, I personally can get so focused on Instagram um, and it becomes Pavlovian, if you will. And I just, I kind of want to enjoy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on around me. So, yeah. but anyway, um, Leslie, any thoughts, insight, anything you want to add? That's it. I think it's, it's, it's been long enough. If you've listened until now, well, uh, you know, thank you for for that it's it's been yeah i'm good on to the next one i agree thank you guys for listening up to this far and you know we appreciate you guys spending time with us on bezel banter mm-hmm. hit the show notes for more details and links you can follow us on instagram leslie is at ladies wrist and i'm at ernesto guapo 72 and you can follow the show of course at bezel banter media for any updates uh, if you have any questions for us please feel free to reach out to us on bezelbanter at gmail.com and please subscribe and review wherever you find your podcast because it truly helps us out additionally you can grab this episode and other episodes at www.bezelbanter.com thanks again and we look forward to catching up with you on the next episode of bezel banter thank you thank you